Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's San Francisco and the incomparable forward, Rick Barry. Behind the end line, they burn him again, and it's Barry. And now Rick Barry, the league's leading scorer. What a superb basketball player he is. Hi, everybody. Rick Barry here on Warriors 24 with my sidekick, Cyrus Satchez. And I have to let you know the surf man himself that I did put the request out to my son, Brent. I'm waiting to hear back from him. So I finally did it. Whether Thank you. he wants to go on the show or not, I don't know. He has a lot of questions. He said, anybody that looks like you look, maybe I don't know if I want to go on the show with him. Because uh, <laughs> of the beard? Are yeah, you talking yeah, about not, the beard? He doesn't know what you look like. It's just a good thing. I'm happy we're doing this without, you know, video because I look horrible. I haven't done anything with my hair. You're you fine. Look like, I don't even want to say what you look like. Tell us, say it. I don't care. Well, I, can't, well, I, can't, I can't say it. It's, it's, not, it's not something I should say. You mean a terrorist? Uh, Is that what you're going to oh, say? Oh, like, I say that, not a me. A jihadist? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. I look like a jihadist. I don't care. Yes, I have a huge beard that I haven't touched in two months. You know Sorry, I hated facial hair. I swear, I had it a couple different times. Hate it. Absolutely uh, despise it. If I could take a pill that would eliminate all the hair on my face, and even now when you get older, from coming out of my nose and getting freaking <laughs> oh, I got that. freaking ears, that's God's sense of humor. You see, he takes the hair from where you want it up here. Yes. He out of your nose, horrible eyebrows, out of your ears. Oh. It's just a pain. Rick, don't I, talk to me. The women are upset about having to shave their legs all the time. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? Well, that's what that's really the reason I have the beard. This is not a fashion statement. Well, a like, look, I'm 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 depressed like everyone else, but I got very serious personal problems, so I have zero care right now about my my personal look. I'm not seeing anyone, anyways. I'm just hiding. But it's a comfort thing. It's just uh, I have much thicker facial hair than you do. I wish I had. It was so uncomfortable. It drove me nuts. The mustache. What? I trimmed the mustache because that's uncomfortable. I can't let that grow out too thin. But the beard. I, 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 shaving hurts. I, apparently, it doesn't bother you that. I can't shave. I can't shave anymore. It hurts. I don't like to have to shave. I just don't like it. I, I uh, seriously. I mean, like my father hated. Didn't care about eating. He said if you could take the pill and not have to eat, it'd be great. I said no, no, dad. That's why I like eating. That's carrying just a little bit too far. Okay, a little bit too far. My father was thinking to back way long time ago me when i was growing up water conservation he was really big into saving water wow i mean to the point when he got older that it was really absurd he would take a shower i mean i don't even know if i want to say he would take a shower he put the plug in let it, let it go in there and the, in the thing and then take a bucket and use that to help flush the toilet that's <laughs> gross why yeah. what, what drove that what no, drove that in had this thing about natural resources and, and really huh. just saving stuff that was just the thing that he had and when i would go over and i'd stay up and I used the, the shower upstairs where my brother had stayed where he had a bedroom. And so uh, I take a shower and I take a long shower. He says, is too much water? I said, dad, I'll give you some extra money. That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. God bless you, dad. Anyway, thank you so much for giving me your athletic ability. And mom, thank you. I didn't get yours. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so let, let's get into uh, what we need to do today. Probably yeah. a little short show not a lot to talk about why don't you talk a little bit about what you heard from the chronicle about the next next year that the warriors are happy with chris being their starting center at this point yeah just one of our former guests of the show connor latorno he's the beat uh reporter of the warriors for the sam school chronicle he he came out and just quickly said that um according to him uh and he does have pretty reliable sources apparently the warriors are optimistic about the future of marquez chris um and that they're comfortable entering next season as their starter um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? The man, he's 6'9", very athletic, though. I don't know. What, Clifford, what do you Gray, think? Clifford Gray was only 6'9". Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we didn't do bad, but he had another guy helping him, though. 
So who, who's, who's the other guy that they want to use to get the two-headed monster working for him? Because Draymond. What, I mean, that's. I mean, he's your power uh, forward. Yeah. So that's you know you're, you're going you know super small again, really. Yeah. So, but they still have that pick. You know, they could get something. As we talked about it before. I mean, to me, if I if there, there was a need for the team doing stuff, I think it's getting somebody that can do something in that center position. If nothing else, rebound, block shots, give you a little something in that center position. I, I think that's the one. Uh, one area that they may be lacking a little bit yeah as far as being able to compete and know. you know one and and one name the folks over at uh, nbc sports uh, bay area i mean it's amateur hour there i don't know what kids they have writing stuff but uh somebody proposed a trade involving the pacers where the warriors would send um andrew wiggins and eric pascal uh for miles turner and um tj austin or tj whatever that the small forwards name is I mean, the Pacers would never do that trade just because I don't think they want Wiggins' contract, but it did raise the prospect of Miles Turner. I think he would actually be a great fit if he's available. I know they, they just gave a Sabonis a big contract there in Indiana, and he's an all-star, so I don't know how many minutes they have for two big men. I don't know. I know you said you, you said before we started recording you don't know much about Miles um, Turner. He can shoot the three. He's sporadic at times, but he's a big body and he's durable. He's seven one. He's athletic. He's young too, and the, the big yes. guys take a while to learn how to play. I mean, if right. there's any transition that has to be made in basketball, at this at, in this world that we're living today for basketball, which is a different world than when I grew up playing basketball, because it's totally right. changed. It's that big men always has been that big men have a dip, more difficult time making the transition to the pro level than the other players. And I think that's probably the case. So you just got to, you know, have the wait and give them a little bit more time to try to develop. It'll be interesting to see what's going to happen. First, I mean, we got to figure out what the heck's going to happen. I hear so many things. I talked to my son Brent, and and they, they don't know what's going on. They haven't opened up their facility down there. I mean, Pop doesn't want to, you know, obviously is concerned about the players and stuff. But the same thing. Right. Why is everybody going to go back if you don't even know you're going to play? And then when are they going to start the season? I mean, I mean, you hear stories. I mean, you hear you hear stories. I'm not going to start in November. Then you hear it right after you know Thanksgiving. Then you hear maybe Christmas time. I don't know. My, my son Canyon, who maybe go back and do the G League thing again while he's getting ready for the Olympic you know, qualifying thing for three x three and whatever. He's hearing that they might not. They might start that late, and then they're not even going to start the G League until January or something. So, mm. I mean, it's just so many things. You know what? It's it's almost like the daily reports that we get about what's happening with the COVID nineteen. Nobody knows what the hell is going on. It changes. Well, I mean, it changes. It's like the wind changes direction. You know what I mean? It's like a woman, you know, a woman has that prerogative. She changes her mind like the wind changes direction. You just have to live with that. And if you live with that, life becomes a lot simpler, you know? That happened to me recently. It's, it's painful when it does. Yeah, but, but no, it's okay. But, but the the COVID, I mean, look, COVID's a brand new virus. I mean, it's, it's bound to happen that things change, but nobody knows much about it yet. We're still learning, but with the NBA, what I've heard, and obviously your sources are much more valid than mine and more deep, but, you know, from everything I'm hearing and reading and from people I've spoken with, this is going to happen. I think the players are all for it or universal or, or the vast majority are. Regular season's gone. I think they've given up on any hope of doing that. And it's probably going to be Orlando and or Vegas as the one or two locations where they're basically just going to play every other day because there's no travel now. So you don't have to space out these games that much. And the, the, the 16 playoff teams go at it. And whether they're all best of seven, whether some are, you know, best of five, I, I, that part they have to figure out. Um, but they remember Peter Vesey came on and told us about that July 1st date. Apparently they did negotiate that to extend. I, it. I, I thought that that's something they would work on. I mean, under the circumstances, that's a simple thing to come to. an agreement. Yeah. It just makes logical sense to do it that way. But I did hear 
you know, not seeing, but I did hear more Orlando's where I've heard more so than Vegas. Are you going to, are you going to leave if they do that? I mean, we, I mean, aren't you close to Orlando? Like a couple hours, few hours from there now? <laughs> I'm not going to be in Florida in the heat. And humidity. <laughs> yeah. It's... No, 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 no. <laughs> in Orlando's humidity. Is the... Back to Colorado with the beauty of the, of, of you know, the, the spring and summer. Yes. And, early fall and yes god i was able to cancel my one i mean so many things have gotten canceled like every time i turn around something else could cancel our, our wonderful cruise we were going to go on my wife and i and then we could then then they canceled the they, they canceled the big three that's not going to take place until next year again and you know disappointed i know cube was disappointed in that this was i'm sure everybody else involved and then yeah then they then they're I, then they canceled what the fishing trip I was supposed to go on. The Alaska wouldn't let one lodge that I was supposed to stay at because they're near a village and they don't want to take any chances getting any of the natives. Wait a second. Last time we spoke, though, when Tim Hardaway was on the show, at the end you said you were excited about that. No, and that there's green I was talking about how they canceled stuff, but then I got another lodge that I wanted. Oh, good, to good. Okay, okay. So I got All the right. other lodge that is open okay. because they're not near it. So I'm saying I was just talking about the cancellations I was being informed about. Then, of course, you know, the Joe Namath charity event and the John Stark's charity event and every all these other charity events that are supposed to play in Freddie Belitnikoff's. And I mean, a lot of these wonderful causes that people were doing things for. And, you know, everybody's doesn't know what's going on. Jerry Colangelo had one, the Hall of Fame had one. So, I mean, normally I'm on an airplane flying all over the place. I mean, I've hardly yes, got it all, which I guess is good in these crazy circumstances, but I am excited about getting a chance, fortunately, to go up and get some fishing in up in Alaska. But um, yeah, everything's canceled. I'm hoping they don't cancel my, because I had to cancel last year and my wife and I are going to supposed to go on a bike tour up in Vermont to go see the leaves changing and all, which would be really cool. Why would they so, cancel that? Like everything's in a flux. You know, people say, what are you yeah. doing? You, I said, after my, I said, I have a trip to Alaska, I'm going home and I have a trip to Alaska at the end of June through the 4th of July. And then I said, until, you know, I don't know if the Hall of Fame is going to have their induction ceremonies. We don't know that. I said, I have actually nothing until late September when I'm supposed to go on that bike tour. There's nothing else that I know that's even going on. So it's, it's really crazy. A lot of pickleball, I guess, and get in the gym, work out and go some bike rides or whatever. So. Anyway. So you're back in the so you're back in the world of us commoners now, where you have really no a million events aren't planned for you. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, I've been, that's just the most I've been home without traveling, and I right. remember the last time that was. I don't think it's ever been that way since ever since <laughs> football. I don't think I've ever been like this. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's still great. It's, it's fun to have Canyon around doing stuff. Yeah. You know? doesn't mind that he's freeloading off his mother and father so it's a good deal for him that's, that's what kids anyway, do. So, so let's 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 finish up talking about because we don't have a million things to talk about today but let's let's uh, finish up on uh, on the last dance uh, yes what did you think i find i finally watched we're recording this on tuesday uh, may 19th i finally watched it last night the, the final two to me, I mean, this could possibly be the greatest sports documentary ever produced. I, I was, well, I've never been more riveted or entertained. Rating, highest ratings of any documentary that they ever had in ESPN. Easily. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this is there's nothing else going on, but it's just, it's that captivating. You know, I've written a lot of notes about it, but I'd love to get your feedback right off the bat. I mean, I mean, well, I'd like to get your point, and then I'll, I'll talk about what you come up with, see whether I agree with you or disagree with you. Probably a well, lot. Well, here, I just, you know, as I'm watching this thing, I took notes, right? Uh, things that kind of stuck out that I might want to bring up for the podcast. The first is I've never seen in a documentary until this one, um, the director actually handing like an iPad or some sort of video device to let people watch reactions or comments. I liked it. No, that was cool. Loved it. Loved yeah. it. I mean, I mean, Jor I mean, cause that's how we got Jordan's laugh, that hysterical laugh when regarding Gary Payton and the glove, right. And whether or not, 
Peyton could have made a difference in that final series if he started guarding him earlier. That laugh was con- hilarious. The glove. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I, I was amused me tremendously. That he got a big kick out of a lot of that video that he hadn't seen. It, it didn't see that there wasn't anything that seemed to rattle him or bother him. He just thought it was funny. I mean, he did. everyone that he looked at. Well, and this is the same thing. It's kind of like with me when I did stuff and people said, oh, well, you know, the bullets are going to beat you. And, and, you know, Mike Reardon can guard Rick Barry. And I'm going, what? I mean, that would have been my reaction if I had a video doing something here and this stuff and all. Come on. What? You, got, you can't be joking, right? You're joking, right? And, and is there, so, are there are there any former players that you still like Jordan came out and said he used the word hate for Isaiah Thomas he did dish a compliment he said Isaiah is the second greatest point guard ever and then said I still hate him yeah. is there anyone you still hate that you that you played with to this day or uh, did you ever have that animosity with anyone no I never felt that way but okay I mean, and, and, and I wouldn't hate him as a person I would just hate him as a player because I mean unless I got to know them off the court as a person I'm not going to judge him based upon what happened on the court because I know how I was on the court. I was a different person on the court. Right. So why would I possibly think that someone else and have that those types of feelings that I would have about someone as a human being and a person? No, as a basketball player, I might have hated that SOB, but <laughs> I don't know him. If I didn't know him as a person, you know, then I'm certainly not going to have that feeling about him and say he's a yeah. bad person. I mean, no, I, he was a basketball player that I didn't like playing against. I don't like the way that he played. And, but that doesn't make him a bad person, you know, unless I knew him as a person. And if I knew him as a person, I didn't like him, then I'm, I'm entitled to that opinion. Yeah. Jordan seemed to take it personally. Like I, this doesn't seem like something that was left on the court with him. and well, Isaiah. I mean, like, well, just look at the thing about it, about why he was left off the, off the, uh, the dream team. Well, they, well, no, all the players, it seemed, it seemed pretty universal like that. He would disrupt the chemistry. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, yeah. That was fascinating to me. I, I was also, it, uh, it, fascinated in many regards about i've we've seen players do this before how when jordan was in the olympics he covered up the reebok logo we've seen other athletes do that but the flag draped over (laughs) yeah yeah my wife who was there and Uh i was yeah so she she was there i was over there as well it was really great to be there i actually hung around i got to go to some of the events at the uh track and field stuff and i just jumped on the bus with those guys you know i have police to the ball of the stadium, you know, they're taking us. I mean, like, I just, I just freeloaded on that stuff and hung out and got a chance to get some of that special treatment because I stayed in the same hotel where they were staying, which the hotel was a brand new hotel made up and it was just USA basketballers there. That was it. The families and the players and everything. And so I got to be there because my, obviously my wife running women's program was there. And so it was really intriguing to see that. I mean, they went out, they were like rock stars. I mean, it was great. And then Charles would want to go out and walk. And so they have to have a whole slew of guys to go out because Charles wanted to just go out and walk the streets and everything. You know how Charles is. But yeah, it was an interesting experience to see that. And what she had told me about it, that was something they were really concerned about what they wanted to try to do. And that's how they got around doing it. You saw all the pictures in the documentary with him doing it. And he had the American flag draped over it, covering up the Reebok logo. Right. Yeah. Anyway, but it was... it was it was very interesting. I, I I just think the access that they got was just astonishing to me that they were willing to allow him to do that. But I heard that that Adam Silver was responsible when he was working under David Stern, that he was the one that really went out and and talked to the Bulls and tried to convince them, hey, you should do this. This would be great. Hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, and and so they got some awesome stuff out of it. And and the other thing I read about, did you read about this? That, that for the last episode, they didn't finish editing until like Tuesday or Wednesday. Of, of before they aired the ones on Sunday, the last two. I did not read that. That's yeah. that is fascinating. 
Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's well, very surprising. They got a lot of stuff currently with guys that they had to take and they had to incorporate that in there. I mean, that's really the key. I mean, I'm actually doing some, a guy has come to me named John Solomon. He, for nine years, he was taking, this is interesting thing. I think he, hopefully we can get something to do with it. He was taking footage and taking guys who wanted to have the dream of, you know, being a pro and going to play and taking them down to Mexico and overseas and trying to get them, showcase them and let them get a chance to get a job, you know, not for a lot of money or what have you. And he's got nine years of all kinds of different footage. I mean, even one guy who went with one arm that was playing. And there's some incredible footage that he has there. It's really interesting. But the thing is, is you got to have somebody who really is a great editor mm -hmm. and then someone who can write a great script to do it and narrate the thing. But the stories that could be told there are really amazing. And he does have some incredible footage. And actually trying to reach out to, to Steph's production company and to see if they have an interest in taking a look at it. Might even now go ahead and approach... Who knows, Kevin Durant's people, because I know he's just coming out with the new documentary. Right. And, uh, so they might be interested in it, because this thing, as I say, someone who is a good editor, I mean, just think of it, nine different years of all of this stuff that he has going into these countries and what have you, and a great editor, I think, could put together some really interesting stories that, that people would be interested in as far as so what some of these guys have gone through and what you have to go through. It's a world that people don't really understand that exists out there in the world of sport that never gets any recognition. It would be very interesting, I think, for real sports fans, especially basketball fans, to uh, to, to see this if someone was able to, to put it together properly. So I'm, yeah. I'm working on trying to help him with that. But it's it was it was cool. I, the, some of the stuff I saw, I mean, he got into some stuff with guys because he was coaching, I mean, in the locker room. They had some really amazing stuff. It was cool. I mean, he even winds up finding somebody and, and getting engaged to get married on one of the trips that he was going on. Now, wow. Yeah, it was it was very cool, very interesting. That is that is very cool. And you know, I don't know if you read this recently. Uh, Steph Curry just came out and revealed that they were approached to record the last season they just played in a similar fashion, have a film crew follow them, and they turned it down. <laughs> they were like, "No, we're going to pass on that." That would that would have been interesting, whoa, especially whoa. This season with everything that was there. That would have been oh, unbelievable. That would have been gold. That would have been, been, been oh gold. <laughs> platinum i guess <laughs> i don't know but uh and i really I, think yeah i said diamond i know you got to come up yeah. with something there because i know the different statuses like you know delta airlines has you know platinum <laughs> gold and platinum diamond whatever. yes <laughs> would have been yeah that would have really been something the yeah. Amex black card. I don't think they would go for it. I mean, Kevin Durant would be, because he, you know, he doesn't like the press and doesn't like all that stuff. He would have never given access. Like, no. Dennis Rodman was happy to have those guys follow him to Las Vegas. I mean, oh. You know, I mean, That's come on. That stuff in Carmen Electra in there, using her and talking about stuff. I mean, it was. Oh. You know, God I'm bless you, Dennis. More about Madonna. You know, they didn't have hardly anything about Madonna. Barely. Barely. Uh, that could have been her. That could have been Madonna kiboshing film, you know, footage following them. But yeah, I mean, Dennis Rodman, props to you. That's a, you had some fun there. You definitely had some fun there. And, and, and the, that memory bank of yours is a treasure. What's up? Then, you know, at the last one, then, then, he, then he doesn't show up one day and they take off from practice during the finals. To I wrestle. Mean, to wrestle. wrestle. I mean, that's like with Hulk Hogan. He, I, hitting guys with a freaking chair and just taking off and not going to practice. I mean, yeah. amazing you know, he, you know what he, but he knew he even made it the comment that he made that i thought was really interesting he said he knows that they know that when i go out there they're getting 100 percent from me on the court 
And he's such a freak of nature. I mean, he, he's, his energy is, uh, there's very few players that, that compare to him in terms of his energy. Some people are like that in this world. They're just built not needing much sleep. They're just ready to go always. They're bound with endless energy. The bounce he's gotten is, even my wife said, wow, good. look at the bounce in him. You know, yeah, bounce yeah. legacy. I mean, it's just always, and he's so active going up, keeping balls alive. Yeah. Even that sequence they had there with him getting all those offensive rebounds during a critical time and, yeah, it was it was very very interesting very and impressive. How much how much research Rodman did to, to to study all these players and where their shots go. I mean, I, I mean, bringing they brought this up in the documentary, and I remember that vividly. How Dennis, I've never seen any other player do this, where Dennis Rodman would be standing in places that no one else was near because he knew exactly where that ball was going to go. It was it was amazing, and his rebounding numbers, you know, substantiated that that research that he did, the studying and work ethic. I mean, he was averaging I think like eighteen, nineteen a year at some point. I don't know and, if he was ever that high, though. Or fifteen, maybe. I thought it was a really high number well, one year. He was anything. Listen, nothing's impressive when you look and see what Will Chamberlain did. Of course, yeah. I mean, look, that's a twenty-two point five rebounds average for his career. Yeah, that's for an unfair comparison. No, that's I can't. You know, I, you know, in one game, he had fifty-five rebounds in one game. I did not. That must be the record, right? Five rebounds. That's and a record, what, right? What I could say about that is they had a lot of brick masons on that other team, right? <laughs> but I mean, he, that must be a record. I, I, I that's yeah, that's I mean, insane. Fifty-five rebounds. And, hey, most teams don't even get fifty-five rebounds in a game. The entire team. That's incredible. What a life that man led to. Uh, <laughs> folks, sports is slowly starting to come back. And while you're waiting this whole freaking thing out at home, you could still have fun betting with our official partner, betonline.ag. The NBA is not back yet. Neither is the NHL or baseball. But don't worry. BetOnline still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back. You can bet on Madden and NBA 2K simulations. UFC is back. You can bet on that. And they have an online casino with poker and Blackjack. There's still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 for that welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online waging solution. But just to finish up the Dream Team thing, so but in your opinion, do you think the Dream Team is responsible for the international explosion of players? Like, would we have the Dirk Nowitzkis of the world if the Dream Team was not going to Europe and exposing... Let the me give you the story. Team. I'm going to give you the inside scoop on this. Please, please. Right. So obviously FIBA is big with doing this stuff. There was a guy by the name of Boris Stankovic, who I had got to meet Boris and Boris was involved. Boris was the one that pushed to let the pros play in the Olympics because it was always the amateurs. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had a chance to chat down, you know, sit down, talk and whatever, but his, here's his reason. He said, if we let the pros play in the Olympics, it's going to increase or shorten the time that it's going to take for the rest of the world to get to be more competitive because they were going to realize what they need to do because they're going to be so done. And they were, I mean, it's still the greatest team ever assembled in the history of basketball. And it was Easily. just an incredible, incredible team. And so that's what it was. And that is really what was the springboard for the development and the popularity that it had and how it became a worldwide phenomenon. I mean, because now basketball is right up there with soccer on a worldwide basis, as far as popularity is concerned and participation. Yes, it is. And one of the reasons being is, is that it's like soccer. You go on a dirt field with a little ball and you can play 
basketball. You just need a little round thing somewhere. I mean, to do it, you don't need a lot of equipment. It doesn't cost a lot of money to be a participant. It, you know, so a lot of the underprivileged have an opportunity, these kids, to be able to go out and develop some skills in that particular sport without having to be a family with substantial wealth or right. higher level of, of, of income in order to be able to participate. And so that's really what did it. And he was right because it didn't take real long for them to get to the point where they, you know, catch up because the U S always was so dominant. And, you know, then all of a sudden they come. I remember when the Pan Am games in Indianapolis, when, uh, when Oscar Schmidt came out and crushed us and all, we wound up losing to Brazil. And I mean, which was, you know, and then I remember seeing us, I was there in freaking Seoul when I, when the Olympics, you know, with John Thompson coaching the team over there and just, you know, didn't have enough three point shooters and wasn't worried about it. And then they got, you know, uh, Sharunas Marshallonis and uh, some of these other guys just kicked our butt over there. And Kurt Knightis, <laughs> another good, another good Lithuanian guy. Those good Lithuanians. I'm Lithuanian. Uh, <laughs> you no, know, but they 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 just kicked our butt over there and, and played really well. And so it's really interesting when I heard stuff. People say the other day I was just watching something, and I think Reggie Miller said, "You think about a player, a foreign player, doing it." A guy did a whole thing, and he said. Uh, Drazen Petrovic, who what I I had told people about Drazen Petrovic when I came back because I saw him play when I was broadcasting overseas in world championships. But the guy that people seem to forget about, who was just, I think, a beast and was really, you know, a heck of a player, was Sharunas mm-hmm. Marshall Onis. Amazing. And yeah, Tim Harder, we talked about that in the last podcast. He, yeah. Oh man, he was powerful and doing some things. And but yeah, but that's what happened. And so uh, that was the catalyst behind it. And the guy responsible is if it wasn't for Boris Stankovich, they would not the dream team would not have happened in 1988 would not have happened there it was amazing i mean it really was i mean those guys were they were so good and uh and yeah and i just saw something about petrovich in fact steve kerr was the one that made the comment he said he says no it was john stockton made the comment he said when we walked out in the court for the finals and everything and we saw it was croatia that they played and he said we could tell that they there was no way you could just see it in their eyes they just knew they had no chance he said the only player that I looked at that played with confidence and thought they had a chance was Drazen Petrovic. Hmm. And he had, and he had a nice game about it, a nice game. And so what a shame and though. He, another one of those guys, 20, what, 28 years old. Gets yeah, he was young. It was a car accident. I think, right. Is that what took him? Yeah. yeah that, that was a try. And he was such, his shooting would, was, was what always stuck out to me. And speaking of Steve Kerr, by the way, I mean, I, I, the amount of time they focused on him, I'm really happy they did. I mean, the story of his father is always interesting. He's, you know, Kerr, you know, is, is fairly political on social media, but most of his, his politics are based in gun control. And I don't think people realize that much that the reason why he takes such a strong stance on gun control is, is because of his father being murdered by a gun. Um, but I, I, that, I, th- I thought that showed a lot about how much Jordan respected him. Because I think Jordan ultimately controlled what went in this documentary. I think he, he had the final say on almost everything. And for him to endorse Kerr getting this much airtime, I mean, I think that shows how much Jordan valued him and, um and i well, love the fact he, hit, yeah, a lot of, he hit a lot of big shots in some very important games yes he did yes he did I, I and one thing i never i never knew until this documentary is as someone growing up watching these bulls teams you know you did notice that kerr kind of took john paxson's role for those second three championships but i never realized that paxson mentored steve kerr into that role like i i, I never really knew that I, I didn't know there was like a transition there i thought was interesting did you notice by the way in the in the one of the last two episodes that blonde in Indiana, you know who's, who's yelling? Yeah, that's 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 Kurt Cornette's mother. Who? Wait, like what? Cornette, you know, the blonde that was cursing in the background. Yes, so yes. That is that is the guy Cornette who played at uh, I think at Vanderbilt. Okay, Cornette. That's his mother. 
Well, she was on a news station today just going into that. Apparently, her and her husband have been had tickets for 44 years now. They own a car dealership in Indiana. She looks just as amazing now as she did. up there? Supposedly, that is, yeah. that is Cornette's. Is, was it the last name Cornette? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull because that up when we're talking. Scooter said something to me. Not Scooter, but my son, Canyon, said something when we were watching. Yeah, I just tweeted out. And all, that's, that was his mother, supposedly. I said, yeah, well, I, you know, who knows? <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now. But I was, I mean, look, when it, if, you, if, if you see the footage. A storm, wasn't she? had some bad language. I was, I, I was reading lips there, baby. I mean, it was some- Everyone was. I, I love that. I, I could not believe, I could, I, I, was, I was stoked on that. And, and she was funny. She said Jordan would acknowledge him routinely. Um, and that, but Dennis Rodman would go have a back and forth with her. Like Dennis Rodman actually came out and would actually argue with her on that. I got, I got to find the name at some point, but, um, yeah, she did this interview this morning and, you know, God bless Botox because she still looks as amazing now as she did back then. Um, and to see someone like that cursing like that, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I dig it. I liked it a lot. Um, have you, what was your experience with fans like that? Have you, have you ever had a woman curse and yell at you in that regard? The way you, the way oh, yeah. that Course. You did? And even st- any fans stick out to you that would particularly somebody go over the line? And doing stuff, and somebody threw a freaking beer in my face walking off the court in Seattle. We almost had a riot there. I mean, it was. <laughs> what? I tell, you, I tell you, no, the cops got that guy and they had him back over there. They, he, he, he ruined the day that he did that. But no, it started a big old thing there. And this lady came up and whacked me with a purse from behind. It was crazy. I mean, there was some crazy stuff that went on. You had a, wait, you had a woman whack you in the head with a purse? purse? Well, she hit me from behind with a purse when everybody's out on the floor because I was trying to go and get through. They had a little small thing. The fans are on both sides to go, like, you know, the little door on the ice because the ice rink thing was up and you had that right. little money to go off the, off the, off the uh, court. And, and yeah, and so this guy did that. And so, I mean, that just started everything. And then the fans are going, people are going, and now we're out there. And unless I get hit, there's a lady swung a purse and hit me with her purse. I, it's like, it, it's crazy stuff that goes on sometimes. That is crazy. Where, where was the purse thing? Was that in Seattle too? Seattle. That was the same part of that same whole melee that took place. What ha- what, what happened there? Yeah. What, what, why was there a melee? You know, they took the guy. I don't know what they wound up doing. They asked me if I wanted to press charges, and I said, "No, nah, I don't want to press any charges. You know, you'd be involved. I'd right. Required. You have to go back to see it. Go back there and have to go to court. I mean, screw that. I don't need that. So yeah, he 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 paid a dear price for doing what he did. I think he probably regretted what he did. That's amazing. Yeah. Crazy stuff like that happens, but you know, you, and then you know, then of course you had the incident up at you know Auburn Hills going in the stands and all that craziness that the, the NBA really cracked down on doing that because I mean stuff happened before one time. I mean one of my teammates did it and went to the stands and it was absolutely hysterical, which I won't necessarily tell the story here, but um, I laughed my butt off. But it was funny, and then I had other guys do it. I I did it myself. I jumped over the bench one time and jumped right in front of somebody, never touched him, and just basically said to him, "I said, hey, look." how would you like if I came to your office and said the things that you're saying to me over here? I said, you can say things you want, but don't bring up my family. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you know, but anyway, it's, there's some nutty people out there doing it, but you never said anything to the guy people knew in the Cobo arena in Detroit. There's a guy who came there all the time. He was kind of interesting guy, never real problem, everything, but he was packing. Really? He was in the arena. He had a gun in his thing. He, he, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was packing. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it in soccer. It's rare, but I, I, that is, uh, wow. He, yeah, That's... he had a gun in the arena back in those days. They didn't have, the, you know, the metal detectors and all the other stuff. But he, if anything had happened over there and everything, you didn't want to be messing with that guy, obviously. No. But he was actually a pretty cool guy, you know. And then the one guy behind the, in Washington had the one famous guy that was behind the bench that always would get on your case and do something. And 
and fans always did stuff and all. There's a lot of fun stuff and stories to tell. And, you know, that, and, well, yeah, and we'll, and we'll do these. I mean, I want to hear them. Uh, <laughs> these, are, these are crazy stories. I save them if I'm going to do a book, right? I should save them for them. But and anyway, get, so it was a great thing. You know, I'm happy that they did it. And here's the thing I got out of it all the thing is that why in the world does anybody ever want to break up when you have something so special? I just don't understand what the hell Jerry Krause was thinking about and Reinsdorf, even the same thing. And I think the most telling thing about the whole thing is Michael said if they had offered all of us one year deal, yeah. Don't all probably would have come back to try to get that seventh. We were watching Jordan's live reaction because he admitted at the end of the documentary, he even he didn't know why they didn't bring it back. Yeah. But I, I really think ultimately it was Phil. Because Phil Jackson, I mean, the, the Reinsdorf revealed he offered Phil another one-year deal. Yeah, but it was, no, he offered a one-year deal, but they were going to get rid of people and do it and restart the rebuilding. That's uh, why yeah. he turned it down. If he had gotcha. said, we're going to bring everybody back and go for the seventh, are you up for it? I, I can't imagine he wouldn't have done it. Yeah, and, and, and even Jordan said the one player he wouldn't be sure about coming back would be Pippen. But he said, um, I think if they did the one year and we were back, he said, I think he would do it. Oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, and I will have to say the one thing, even you know, when Pippen did the one thing of not going in that one time, that was, just, I mean, inexcusable to do that, obviously. But he really showed something when he played with his back in that one thing. I mean, that was yeah. – pretty unbelievable that he, really, we're, we're all flawed human beings it was it was a mistake yeah, he, he, he owns he up to it he made a mistake yeah. doing it and so yeah but that 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 uh that was not a good thing he's one of the all-time greats and, and i feel like this proved it um has anyone ever by the way tr- uh, sabotaged you in terms of food like has have you ever been deliberately oh, food poisoned? he got food poisoning yeah that, yeah because that that's one thing revealed i don't think until this documentary really knew the whole circuit like what was going on with jordan and I, well, we always thought it was intentional i think the guys were all there they were so excited to want to meet him and do everything was it intentional or just maybe there was something in there there's some bad mushroom or something on the pizza pepperoni it was a it was a thin pizza with extra pepperoni supposedly and it might be so i mean you don't it could have been something wrong with the meat but i i mean i don't know if somebody intentionally would have done that especially if they came so many guys to deliver it they might have a chance to actually see michael jordan i i, I don't know i don't know if we'll ever know you know if well, anybody- fun- well it was funny because I, i'm sh- rick you've traveled all over this country and the world you, you know salt lake like few few people do i've, I've been in salt lake city a bunch of times there's nothing going on. To me, it is one of the deadest cities in this country. It was funny hearing them talk about how at night they had no room service. I can't think of any other city in the country well, where NBA players... Service, but I think only till about 10 o'clock. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, can you think of any other hotel in the country that players stay in that doesn't offer 24-hour room service, right? That's, that, that alone was kind of interesting. Hey, to nowadays, me. it's never an issue because you can always get stuff <laughs> delivered, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's a whole different, whole different world. I don't want to hear those guys ever complaining about anything because the life that they live and the right. way that they were treated... I don't want to hear anything about <laughs> how tough it was and how difficult it was. Bullshit. <laughs> you know, no freaking way. I mean, yeah. I mean, they are so spoiled rotten. It's, it's beyond company. I told myself when I got to see Brent, when he was playing on the Spurs team there and had the good fortune of being on two championship teams and I visited their facility, I said, oh my God, I think I want to die and come back a spur as much as I love the Warriors, because, I mean, they had fingerprint stuff to get into their enclosed compound where their practice facility was. They had special things to go in the water to do it. They had special drinks beforehand. They had the strength coach, the agility coach, everything. They had the theater to watch all the movies and everything. Then they had stuff to drink after they were done. I mean, it was unbelievable. They had food. You go there and you can get food. You can stay. I mean, come on. And then they had, <laughs> they had masseuses on staff. Oh, my God. I'm saying – 
this is like being in heaven on earth. And then you get to play basketball and get paid millions of dollars on top of it. Yeah. Oh, you know, well, I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize until recently. You and Brent are, are the second highest scoring duo of father that. and son. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I saw that. Yeah. And and and, the, and it's and it's the only person above you is Kobe and his dad. That's it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it's. I can see that being the only tandem who's ahead of you. Uh, that's that was impressive. I, although I'm guessing uh, is the one tandem that's in danger of surpassing you two might be Steph and Dell, right? Well, yeah. Steph throw up some big numbers here in the years to yeah. come. More than likely, they'll go ahead of it. Yeah, but they the, might pass you at some point. I'll and then, but the, come yeah. up with it, you threw the families, everybody. So I got, I have a few more. Oh. We get some more points on there with John, of course, you know, and, and assemble a little bit with Drew. Uh, anyway, we'll see. I just, I yeah. wish Sun Canyon would get his chance. I mean, I he know. might, might. He's, he's. I, I do love that he's that his um he's determined. Like he's not giving up. And and people who who stick with it oftentimes are rewarded for that. So again, some people just have to, you know let go of their biases it seems like that seems to be what's inhibiting candy the most is not actually the eye test it's not actually the numbers it's just some sort of bias i don't i, don't, I can't think of any other reason why he's not getting opportunities um by the way the food poisoning thing the only reason why i think it's legitimate is because kobe bryant had a similar thing ha- happen to him back in the 2002 western conference finals or was it 01 i can't remember the exact year against the kings i don't know if you remember that he had a cheeseburger the night before a game um, he wasn't as debilitated as Jordan was uh, the next day, but he he claims he got poisoned too from a burger in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, be intentional. I I don't know. And if it was intentional, then I I say that if they could if they could ever prove anything, that person should be prosecuted. Yes, the law because that's so BS. I mean, seriously. absolutely. I mean, absolutely. But uh, yeah, but Michael Michael was pretty amazing in the stuff that he did. But the, somebody else talked to me. I was talking with Eddie Eddie Johnson, you know, who uh, yeah, who does the sharpshooter, serious and stuff. You know, a great shooter. You know, actually, I yes, over. I was a coach when we went over and played over in China and Asia, a bunch of games. Eddie was on that team, and so we were talking about and, and he and Justin Termini, who used to be involved with me when I was working on Sirius years ago, doing things, and now he's actually a host, uh, which is good for him. And uh, he was bringing up, well, what do you think about the thing? He said, when you did stuff, you were kind of like that, and. And in fact, one of my sons even brought it up. He said, yeah, but everybody just criticized you for being the way that you were. But yet, Michael, I said, Michael was a lot worse than I was. Trust me. I mean, and, you know, but the thing is, everybody thought that was great. I mean, so, but when I did it, I mean, it's like whatever I seemed to do, they always found something to be wrong with it. So I get, I get, but I got used to that. I mean, that was just part of life. You got to get like a duck and let the water run off your back. And, or, well, and you play, you, but Rick, you also played in a different time. I don't think you really had the opportunity to present your side of things, right? I mean, you, it's just the media was so limited in those days. Newspaper reporters could control the entire message. Yeah, um, but, the thing is, but they weren't like they are today. I mean, most of them were until I left and went to the other league. I mean, they guys would go out, the, the writers would be out drinking beer with them in a bar afterwards doing, they never wrote about anything other than the game. Hmm. Now they're looking to write, find any story anything. that has nothing to do with the game. Anything. They're all yeah, looking they're at going... sensationalism. It's 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 a different world in that regard. But you and, know, but it is what it is, and uh, you know, you just got to learn a, with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm reading a lot of stuff these days about how Jordan's leadership style. You know, I mean, we heard him curse a lot. There was one phrase I think he said where he called someone "you big dumb headed motherfucker," and I just laughed endlessly at that. I don't I don't know why, but I I don't agree with the sentiments that you can't lead that way today simply because i feel like the warriors especially draymond green they were going this this hard i mean you cannot really take days off with the warriors during that dynasty um kobe bryant was this way until fairly recently i don't know if lebron is this way and and 
I, I don't think you can, I still think you can have this stringent leadership style. Would you agree? Or do you really think this generation is that soft that they can't handle it? Depending on the individual. I mean, everybody's not the same. Some people respond well to that. Some people, you have to do that and get in their face. Yeah. Other people, you got to put your arm around them. I mean, I've talked about that before. I mean, Don Nelson wasn't well liked by a lot of his players because of the fact he was getting your face type of guy. Yeah. And, you know, and, and especially one player in particular that I remember doing stuff who, who definitely didn't react well to that was Ronnie Cycli when he had Ronnie Cycli. Who came you mentioned that. Yeah. And stuff. And, you know, he needed to have you put your arm around them and you, you have to be kind of like almost like a, a degree in psychology. You're probably great for a coach because you have to figure out how do I deal with this guy? How can I best right. handle him? What's the best way? Do I have to get in his face? Do I have to just put my arm around them? And that's what you got to learn. You got to learn what buttons to push with, with those particular guys. But what you hope is that general manager is in somebody is that, that you go out and you have great scouts. And then when you do your due diligence on your players, you want to find the players that don't need to be motivated, who right. are self-motivators, who are the players who have the kind of, of character characteristics that you want in the player. And that makes the coach's job so much easier because he doesn't have to worry about babysitting, you know, 15 guys on your roster. You right. I mean, seriously. I mean, so that's a key element, not just looking to see if a guy can play or not, which sometimes I know that they don't understand that either because they get so hung up on athleticism. Does he have a natural feel for the game? Then you find out what's in his heart. What kind of person is he? Is this a guy that I don't have to worry about that I know is going to show up every day when he puts his uniform on and give me everything right. like as crazy as Dennis Rodman was. You knew he's, you're getting everything he's got when he shows up and puts that uniform on. Yep. There are some players that you don't know. They take nights off. And Jordan didn't treat everyone this way. I, I, I heard this one story recently, which is a great example. So the 96 or 97 Bulls, one of those teams, had Robert Parrish on that roster for a year. I don't know if you remember that. He, didn't, he barely played. But, and, 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 but I, I read it was so funny hearing the story or reading the story is that uh, Jordan would never approach Parrish that way. And Robert Parrish supposedly told someone, if Jordan ever tries that shit with me, I'll slap him. And so, so I think Jordan respected that you can't really have that kind of tough minded direct approach with everyone. I don't think he probably treated Rodman that way either. Um, but I can, I can imagine Robert Parrish not taking that shit from him or anyone. Well, you just got to know who it is and, and how to get yeah. about doing it. And, but the thing is, is everybody has to understand and this thing I've always talked about is that you, you can't take anything that happens on the court personal. I mean, you just can't, you really can't. Right. Anyway, I will. Uh, you, you know, before before I, we wrap things up, I, I want to say something that drives me crazy. I don't know if um, you have something on your plate. Let me play the song real quick. So we, we live in this country where we have a weird system, depending on the market you're in, and that system is that we don't have diversity of choice for our cable providers, right? So where I live, for example, here in beautiful San Luis Obispo, California, uh, the only cable provider I can get is Spectrum. Right, which is, I think Charter Spectrum is the same company now, and they, they provide internet and they provide cable. And for some reason, this is going on for like five years now. Spectrum and NBA TV are at some sort of co uh, contract impasse, so I can never watch NBA TV, and which is one of my favorite channels ever. And that drives me crazy. Why can't you two come up with some sort of agreement, or why not let people have options if you don't want to put a dish on the roof of your of your home um, to have a different cable provider? And that drives me crazy. That's it. You're muted, Rick. I don't know why. Hold on. Uh, let me, let me, uh... Yeah, but there are a lot of things that drive me crazy <laughs> outside of basketball and everything. But 
what drives me crazy about stuff is because I'm such a perfectionist to see some of the bad edits that they did on the, on the documentary, you know, like, like what? It was, well, it was involving D Doug Collins of doing stuff and they had a shot doing it. It was Phil Jackson was there. So they had the wrong footage that they put in there. Right. You know, little simple things like that. When Michael was sitting doing his drinking and they have him there doing it, the, the, the various amount of, uh, of whatever beverage he was drinking happened to be a different thing. You know, I mean, you could just tell, I mean, that it wasn't. But he was drinking it, right? I mean, don't you think he was drinking and having a refilled? I, I thought. But I mean, some of the stuff that they do. I mean, I, I watched that even in movies. I was watching a movie and I know it was the same edit. It was, it was the same scene doing it. You could tell that they reshot the scene because yeah. there was more beer in the thing than it was before or less. <laughs> It, yeah, that's annoying it's like that show up for me it's like kind of stupid i mean but that's kind of how my mind goes it's always like looking and watching and same way if i don't do something right away or write it down and do it my mind is so active i go on to the next thing and do it i don't always forget it i remember it and i say oh damn i should have been doing that five minutes ago or ten minutes ago but anyway those are the kind of things that uh that, that when i watch you drive me crazy the same thing when you're watching scenes to find all these other things and do it and then the background all of a sudden you're supposed to be in the wild wild west and there's a freaking uh, power tower <laughs> yeah or like game of thrones they find a starbucks coffee cup in one of the scenes uh you know, what do you think jordan was drinking by the way i'm guessing scotch he's uh, like a scotch man scotch or, or or some yeah some some definitely something that i wouldn't be drinking for sure or brandy might have been brandy might have been brandy yeah in, no, in the whiskey you have it in the snifter i know he was just in a regular Right. I couldn't tell because I'm not I'm not a drinker, so I don't really know about that stuff to be able to be. Do you uh, not touch alcohol at all or are you just like no, a social? Daily, I mean, but very rarely, you know, wine occasionally and maybe a frozen margarita somewhere from someplace without too much liquor. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a drinker. I mean, I never have been. I'm glad that Same. I'm not. And because I'm with of, you. If you play golf and, and you were a drinker, then you can become an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm guessing uh, this COVID has made, has generated, produced a lot of alcoholics. That, no, that would not about it is when you walk, they had a seat of somebody walking down the street, seeing all of the different things and the collectible stuff for uh, recycling and, her, the, and all of the liquor bottles and the things that piled up inside, which they probably would not have that under normal circumstances. And then, uh, yeah, I can't even imagine some of the stuff that's going on. The stories you hear are just crazy. So hopefully we'll get out of this quickly. I yeah. wish everybody uh, stay healthy. Oh, no, I'm not letting you go. I got one more thing for you before you go. Okay. Well, one more thing and I'll let you go. And I'm going to play the Jack Nicholson. You oh. want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Rick, I want the truth from you. Okay. And I never knew this until, I don't know if you just randomly threw this out there on Twitter or something, but the, the, our, the theme song for our show is from the movie Semi-Pro, all right? It's Jackie Moon's song that he sings in that movie, and, and I use that because you're a former ABA player, and, and that, that's what that movie's based on primarily. And then you revealed something fascinating, which is that the, the producers of the movie Semi-Pro, one of my all-time favorite comedies, approached you to consult on uh, Jackie Moon, Will Ferrell's free throw shooting, which was underhand is similar to you, and you turned it down. Please explain why and, the whole, and tell us the whole story. Well, because my shooting free throws was a serious thing and they were doing a, a, a parody. I mean, in a fun, you know, it's a stupid movie when it comes to basketball. So I just, <laughs> that's why. But I will say, and I'll finish up with this, what drove me crazy about it, finishing up with our theme about the okay. last dance. What drove me crazy is the fact that they did not keep that team together to go yeah. for the seventh championship. I just don't understand it. Just like I don't understand. And I still say to this day, somewhere down the road, Kobe and Shaq are to be sitting around and thinking about why in the hell didn't we stay together? Can you imagine what we might have been able to do? Because they were, and that was a, a great it's ego. I mean, 
Ego is the downfall of so much greatness. I mean, Jerry, Jerry uh, Krause's ego, I think, really prevented Phil from even wanting to come back for another year. And that could have been the catalyst for everything. I mean, it was ego. And same with the Kobe Shaq thing. Those two, their egos were just gone the way. You know, it sucks. It really does. Say one thing. I got a great, I think Steve Kerr did a great job at that one, the championship before the last one, when he got up there talking about the shot and yes. saying, that, well, let's go to field. <laughs> I, it was a great story. I'm sticking to it. It was, a, that was terrific. That's probably one of the funniest things I've ever heard Steve say, because he's not exactly, you know, the guy that's going to be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> but that yeah, was, that, yeah, that was pretty, pretty cool. That was anyway, cool. I uh, hope everybody stays healthy. Real quick, real quick. What, yeah. how, did they offer you a lot of money for semi-pro? Like, I mean, was the money decent? Oh, or? In those days, what, are you kidding me? No. No, I mean, for to be the consultant for the movie. Oh, of course not. Oh, okay. So that, so if they offered, actually offered you decent cash, you would have reconsidered, right? Some, I probably would have done it. Yeah. All right. Because, hey, you know, I didn't make a lot of money back in those days. I mean, come on. It's, I think that's one of the reasons why when we played the All-Star game, it meant something to go ahead and get the winning money when you played in the All-Star games. So... Yeah. Gotcha. All right. I'm, and I'm done. Anyway, I'm done I with that. Cameo, cameo.com, right? People can find you on cameo. cameo.com. Yeah, for sure. They got a new thing that you could even do stuff that's not with the cameos. You can even do something with uh, texting back and forth or whatever. They got a new uh, new feature, but that's always fun. Just did one actually yesterday. And uh, nice. always try to do always try to do a good job with that and take it very seriously. And uh, it's nice that people still want to hear from me. And it's great. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm very happy, very blessed and just hoping that I can get back to some sense of normalcy so I can get back to fishing and doing the other things. And the same with so many other people who have been hurt so badly by what's taking yeah. I just don't know how long it's going to take us to recover, but I wish everybody all the best. Same. And, 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 and you can 24. Yes, and you can follow. Cyrus. Yeah, well, Rick, well, you can follow Rick Barry on social media at Rick Twenty Four Barry on all platforms. Our show is on all all platforms at Warriors Twenty Four Pod. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. Rick, always a pleasure, sir. And I'll let you know what Canyons, but well, not Canyon, but what uh, what Canyon surfs now too, actually, and what uh, what what Brent says about being on your show. Excellent. When, your show your shows on when? Uh, well, we record whenever. Usually Fridays, but I'm flexible with Brent. I'll do it anytime he's free. So uh, I'm excited for that, man. That'll be great. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 